Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Uh, today, we're meeting with Ron York, and we are discussing the passing of being chained to sin, um, to life in Christ from the moment we trust him as our Savior, which is a pretty heavy topic. But before we get too far into that, uh, would you mind telling us just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me here today, Elizabeth. It's a great pleasure to be able to uh, take part in this podcast today. Um, so my role here at CEF is executive director over several of the headquarters departments, and I also serve as a member on the senior staff here at headquarters. Um, I started working with CEF back in uh, the late 80s and then into the early, into the 90s doing good news clubs. Um, I started that in college and then later on as my wife and I were married, we also hosted good news clubs. And, and then we started serving here at International Headquarters at 2000, in 2001 and uh, we've served here for 22 years since then. Um, when I first started working with CEF, one thing I noticed is that I actually had been involved with CEF's content since I was a child because my mother had used CEF content for our Sunday school classes when I was a child. Uh, my father was a pastor and I didn't know that she was using CEF stuff, but I realized that after I started using CEF right. stuff. So I already knew all the songs and everything from having used them in Sunday school as a kid. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize my mom had the uh, Bible the children's ministry Bible. Didn't realize that was a CEF thing until I saw it here. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like a reflection of my childhood. It was awesome. Yeah. It was fun kind of uh, seeing how CEF has a connection to really a lot of kids and they don't know it. Yes, and it's amazing how intertwined it is in, in Christian ministry globally. Yes. yes, and if you recognize the last name York, that's because we had another York on here a couple days ago who, if you remember, said that his family was high, heavily involved in CEF, and yes, this is Andrew's dad. So we are happy to have you here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through our statement, and then we're just going to have a go at a discussion. So our statement of faith is, We believe that Christ, in the fullness of the blessings he has secured by his death and resurrection, is received by faith alone, and that the moment we trust him as our Savior, we pass out of death into everlasting life justified from all things, accepted before the Father according to the measure of his acceptance, loved as he is loved, and made one with him. At the time of acceptance of Christ as Savior, he comes to dwell within the believer and to live out his life of holiness and power through him. So that's a lot. Uh, I know when you came in, you mentioned this was a heavy topic, which is pretty, pretty much the norm for all of these statements, but we're just we're going to roll with it. Um, we've had really good discussions on them. So my, my first question to you is, why is it that belief through faith brings justification through Christ and not some sort of physical action like we've seen in the past with sacrifices and uh, people trying to attain salvation through good works? Great. And as you're saying, this is a huge topic. Um, I'm going to try to hit the main points here. Uh, we could spend our whole lifetimes talking about this and we should be spending our whole lifetimes concentrating on this and other things about God because their truths are so deep that we would take forever to plumb them to their depths and that's one of the amazing things about 
our salvation as well. So, you know, we are justified by faith. One of the reasons that this is true is because of who God is. Mm-hmm. You know, God is uh, infinitely holy and loving. He's just, he's kind and gracious, and he's full of mercy. And I believe that is central to why our justification comes through faith, is because who God is. There's an interesting verse in Malachi uh, 3.6, near the end of the Old Testament there. Uh, That verse says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And it's because of God's unchanging nature that we can receive salvation from him through faith. And if we didn't have that truth, if that was not true about God, we would be consumed because he would not continue to be merciful and gracious to us. So <clears throat> taking a look at also Romans 3, 4, and by the way, I'm going to mention a lot of scriptures here. I'll try not to just read. I know nobody's listening to a podcast to hear me <laughs> read. But these scriptures are very important to us in understanding what we are saying. And uh, so we're not just talking about what we think about these things, but about what the Word of God says about these things, and mm-hmm. that's what's really critical. But uh, Romans 3, 4 says, By no means let God be true through though every man or every one be found to be a liar. For it is written that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. And he's quoting from Psalm 51 there. Paul is. um, It's because of who God is and because he is true that we are justified by faith. Um, Romans 3.28 tells us that we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Um, And this is critical, that whole section in Romans um, in chapter 3 is critical to the understanding of this truth. Um, And it is because of uh, God's work on the cross through Christ that we are justified by faith. Um, And without that work, we would not uh, be able to receive our salvation. Um, I'm just going to read a couple verses after that. Uh, 28 verse or is God the God of the Jews only is he not the God of the Gentiles also yes of the Gentiles also since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith in the end circumcised through faith it is God's work on the cross that provides this salvation to us through faith and uh, that's an, uh, an amazing truth so we have the Old Testament the the law that took place that God provided to us or to the Jews to follow as a representation to us and God's working through history. And though it seems like thousands of years, it is thousands of years to us, and that seems like a vast amount of time, that is all part of God's working out uh, our salvation and his glorification uh, through this. You know, this justification by faith alone is one of the soles of the Reformation. Um, There's five of those. I won't go through those, but sola fide is one of those. And uh, this is very important to our our understanding of who God is and our salvation. Um, This is also a blessing that's really way beyond our comprehension. Mm -hmm. Um, In Galatians 2.20, we read, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it is this fact that we take part in the crucifixion of Christ 
through our faith in Christ that gives us this amazing blessing of of salvation through him and you know we read in the psalms that god's thoughts towards us are more than the sands of the of the seashores and that's because he loves us so greatly that he has provided this way of our salvation without this we would not have salvation yeah for sure and i i think it's interesting that you pointed out the old testament references we were talking to neil the other day about it as well and uh brendan and i had also uh, touched on it that God's whole salvation plan doesn't just start when Christ came. It it started back in the, the Old Testament with these representations of what it looks like to sacrifice and um, the the holiness that God expected or the, the cleanliness, purity of the lamb that God expected and uh, how that's reflected all the way in Jesus' sacrifice. Um, and it's it's really a depiction of his love like you were saying it's it's unfathomable um and we try but we can't quite can't quite understand it um so going from that topic we go on to learn in our statement of faith that we receive the fullness of blessings that christ has secured and i think at times it's easy to hear that and just kind of accept it and not look into what that actually means so how do you interpret that through Scripture? Again, it, we can't really describe this. It's the fullness of the blessings that we receive through Christ is um, more than we could describe, even if we spent our lives doing it. But in John 5.24, um, we read, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. And so this life that we have begins immediately upon our salvation as we believe in the Lord and his work on the cross. Um, And that takes us out of death, out of the kingdom of darkness, brings us into the kingdom of light, and we become uh, eternal heirs of God joint heirs with Christ because of that work that Jesus has done on the cross and our faith in him. Um, And in Ephesians uh, 1, uh, verses 3 and following, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And this is according to his purpose and his will. So the fullness of this blessing that we receive through Christ um, is equal to the fullness of who God is and who Christ is. And the fullness of his work that he has done. So as much as his work on the cross is efficacious for our salvation, it's also efficacious for us to be blessed uh, through that work as we walk with him in our lives. Um, And it's equal to his eternal uh, Godhead and who he is and the power that he possesses and gives to us through, as I was saying previously, the fact that he is loving and kind and merciful and gracious and that he continues to be that we continue to receive these blessings in an outpouring way like a flood. It's not, you know, he's not piecing these out one little penny at a time. 
the truth of the matter is, is we're standing in a flood of blessing. Mm -hmm. And we need to really remember that in our Christian walk that we're not sitting here as paupers, just not quite having what we need to survive. Right. We're actually standing in a flood of blessing that truly would overwhelm us if God wasn't preserving us. And that grace and blessing to us is there available to us all the time yeah. for as we seek to serve him. Yeah. So, yeah, an amazing truth. It, it truly is. And you mentioned uh, being heirs with Christ, and uh, we define that as being accepted and loved as he is and made one with him. Uh, would you care to elaborate on that and tell us just your, your perspective on what that means? Yeah, being accepted and, and being one with Christ uh, because of, of our salvation yeah, that is uh, an amazing truth as well and hard to really describe, but the scripture does tell us some about it. And um, of course, that's why it's in our statement of faith. But It's uh, <laughs> a, a good reason for it to be in <laughs> yes, there, right? Exactly. Uh, but John 17, um, uh, verses 20 and following, uh, I do not ask for these only. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So this is... Just think about the context of this, these verses we're going to read. This is our Savior back in the first century praying for us. Yeah. Um, and these words are as reliable as he is. Mm -hmm. So God the Son is praying. Now, we know that God the Son, through uh, his life was in obedience to God the Father, and it was that, that sinless life that gave us salvation. His, we know that the prayers of a righteous man avail much. That's what the scriptures tell us. Yep. And this is the one only righteous man praying for us. And we can have faith that these words avail much. Mm -hmm. And when we... Before I get into the detail here, when we are walking through our Christian walk and we come to challenges, just as we need to remember that we are standing in a flood of grace that is beyond anything we could possibly need, we are also standing in the benefits of this prayer that God has prayed for us. This is the creator of all things that we know, the creator of the entire universe which is beyond our comprehension, even the physical universe is beyond our understanding yeah. in its scope and its majesty. And this is the creator of that universe praying for us personally, praying mm -hmm. for Elizabeth and praying for me and praying for all those who know him as their savior. We can put stock in these words. We can put trust in these words. When we are struggling, we can remember these things. And it really, it's at the moment of these struggles that we need to remember these things and determine at that point in time that we are going to put our faith in Christ. And this is what allows us to, or this is the amazing truth about this, that we can put our faith in him at those difficult times. And that, by that step, we can then obey him. Yeah. And if we, if we understand these truths and we do that, then we can obey him. Okay, so... In, in John 17, as I was saying, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Specifically talking about us now. Right. And all right. those who have believed throughout history since the first century, Jesus is praying for them and for us personally. Remember what it said in Psalms, that his, his thoughts toward each one of us is more than the sands of the sea. So when Jesus was praying these words, 
in his infinite power and wisdom and knowledge, he had each one of us in mind as well as all of us in mind. Okay, and then in 21 it says that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. So as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one God having eternal unity with each other, we are then pulled into that unity because of what Christ did for us on the cross. Mm -hmm. And that is the blessing that we receive through this. And he continues by saying, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. So the glory that God the Father gave to the Son, the Son has given to us. That's crazy amazing to think about. It is, it is. That they could be one with them just as they are one. That's what Jesus prays for here. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world, so listen to this, this is so important. All of this blessing for each one of us is so that the world may know that Jesus was sent by the Father and that the Father loved him and that he loved us and that we can love one another, which is critical to our Christian uh, testimony, to our evangelism. Mm -hmm. the, the fellow believers, the Church of Christ, living in unity with one another in love is what shows the world that this is true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that kind of dovetails into our next um, topic here. And we're running a little short on time, so I want to ask you if you could sum this up in like a sentence or two. How does a Christian, when they trust Jesus as their Savior, how does a Christian live a life of holiness and be filled with Christ's power? And I know that's a, that's a heavy subject as well, but how would you sum that up in like a sentence or two? It's important to remember that when we receive salvation— that we are given the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us at the moment of our salvation. We are sealed into the body of Christ through the gift of the Holy Spirit as we receive our salvation from Him. And it is the gift of that Holy Spirit living inside of us that allows us to walk with Jesus mm -hmm. and obey Jesus. And you remember that when... <clears throat> When Jesus was here on the earth, he was humbling himself, not only humbling himself to sacrifice himself, but he was humbling himself to obey the Father. Yeah. And this is what we need to be doing is humbling ourselves to obey, obey Jesus, obey the Father, obey the word of God as we walk with him. And it is the Holy Spirit that seals us into the body of Christ, that's in 2 Corinthians 1, that we may walk with him. Uh, Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It is this walking in the Spirit that allows us to have these blessings that he gives to us. And we have um, the truth of Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And is this, it's this life that is in us through the Holy Spirit that allows us to serve him and obey him. And we can obey him. We mm -hmm. need to remember that. And when we face challenges, we need to make a determination. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my faith in him right now. And even though it's scary and hard, I am going to do what he's asking me to do and believe yeah. that he's going to take care of his part. 
that I don't need to worry about his part. I just need to worry about my part, which is humbling myself and obeying through the Holy Spirit's power in my heart. That's a really good take on that. I think a lot of times people, people as in Christians, um, tend to think, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm human. And I mean, I've had discussions recently even where that's been the topic, you know, we, we're human, we're going to mess up. But the fact that we're humbling ourselves and putting ourselves lower than what the world tells us to. The world tells us, oh, you first, do what you like, do something that makes you happy. No, as Christians, we are called to humble ourselves, as you were saying, and put God first and follow him and, you know, apply scripture to our lives, not just read it. Critically Um, important because believers, we receive greatness. We become great by going lower. mm Mm-hmm. Not as the world calls us to become great by becoming greater yeah. or raising ourselves up. Yeah. We make ourselves lower, and that's how we become great. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, and it's upside. My mom always called it a crazy upside-down kingdom. That's what God's kingdom's mm-hmm. like, and it very much rings true. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. Uh, this was very in-depth. I was, you came in telling me this is a heavy subject. I'm like, yeah, I know. No, it's a heavy subject. <laughs> Uh, But I really appreciate you joining us today and uh, sharing your thoughts with us. I've learned a lot, um, and I've really appreciated just your your input on this whole thing. Thanks. It's a blessing. I hope it's not too preachy, but these truths are so amazing, and we desperately need them in order to walk with the Lord. Yeah, we do. We do. And as Christians, we need the reminders as well. All right. So if you would like to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. This will be linked in the show notes as well. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening.